Welcome to Plato's Gravity. I'm Aaron. That's true. I, you know what? I like it better when you ramble, even though I hate it. Well, I just, I felt like, um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be pigeonholed into being the guy that just does the same thing every time. So... You do a different thing every time. Well, yeah. That's but by that, definition what you do. How well, could you be pigeonholed? You just did. You literally just pigeonholed me into being the guy that does something different every time. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> damn it. Oh, damn I, it. I, 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 I've said your name. I, said I am your Jason. Name. All right. I, we are I, excited. I, uh, this is Jason there. We are excited to be welcomed by Brian. Uh, Brian is a uh, listener of the show, frequent commenter, and a friend of mine from uh, ages past. So I made it sound like we were friends like in the 30s, but... Uh, <laughs> That's that's not true, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. So, uh, Brian, Brian's gonna come on. Brian chose the beer that we're gonna drink during today's sparge. Um, our listeners might remember a few uh, sparges back that we talked about white label beer, uh, and Brian has some uh, some unique experience with white label beer, so he chose one for us to drink today. What are we drinking today, Brian? It is ham. Hams. This From is the land of sky blue waters. Mm-hmm. James the water. Jason, Jason how how excited are you to drink this beer? Uh, I drink so much hams i you know i've been drinking it less lately and that's just because i have less time to go to tappers <laughs> tappers so, is a- shout out to tappers it's the barcade that i frequent on fridays when work gets to me and i just need to play some burger time because sometimes you want to make a hamburger and condiments want to kill you do they serve hams there though don't they at uh tappers yeah hams three dollars a can which is ridiculous <laughs> right so i did not know that hams was a white label beer so what's the story here okay so it's not exactly a white label beer but it's, it looks white to me itself, hams itself is gone right? right 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 there's no hams brewing the brand is just owned by somebody else it's, it's owned by a a brewery called august shell in new Ulm, minnesota that actually owns grain belts and a number of other kind of smaller, well, I guess hams isn't that small, but uh, brands and labels that haven't that have been orphaned. Right. They, so they, they aren't made by them, their own company anymore. Do they own? Do they, do they own the precursor to the Oreo that now I can't remember its name? Hydrox. Hydrox. Do they, own, do they own Hydrox? Hydrox. No, that's from somewhere <laughs> in the Chicagoland suburbs. I used to drive by it on my delivery routes. All oh the time. yeah, fantastic. Ha. <laughs> uh, and so this this beer hams is basically a recipe that has been brought back to you know appeal to people who either knew the brand or to have sort of a, a different take on the lawnmower beer you know not uh, light lager but yeah it's I mean it's a regular lager. yeah honestly I think this is the first one I've ever had uh, it reminds me a lot of Miller Lite it is in fact very it's very Miller Lite esque but it is like half the price mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and I, i'm guessing it's not light uh in fact no. uh, there is ham's light though and it is the worst <laughs> <laughs> ham's light i don't know if i would forgive you for bringing ham's light on the beer so so jason and i uh on that 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 sparge episode uh we kind of jason was like let's talk about white label beer and i was like what's white label beer because i don't know all the business terms and uh jason's actually even though we play reverse jason's the smart one on the show that's <laughs> sure um so uh, so then we just like, yeah, okay, well, we'll talk about white label beer. We didn't know much about it. And one of the things that, uh, either Jason or I mentioned on the show is that, uh, we felt like only breweries who, uh, 
weren't making great beer, so therefore had extra volume, would be would be doing this sort of thing. And uh, Brian took uh, quite an exception to that, and also had uh, some nice experience to share with us. So, Brian, can you tell us the uh, the the error of our hip shooting ways? <laughs> now, first of all, it's not necessarily true that a white label beer is brewed by a good brewery, right? right it could right, be right. A, a crappy brewery, but the fact of the matter is that. Any kind of equipment is expensive, right? I, I don't work in the brewing industry. I work in another sector of the beverage industry. And the equipment required to produce anything like this is ridiculously expensive. I thought you just needed like and, a, a, a pitcher and like a spoon to make Kool-Aid. <laughs> You're right. So I work I work in the coffee industry. <laughs> and uh, a coffee roaster is a huge expense. Um much like brewing beer, you need a lot of heat input, and right. so gas bills get ridiculous. Um, you need to have some temperature control, at least in coffee, so that you can keep your quality up. So you're you're heating and cooling a huge warehouse. You're storing an agricultural product, right. coffee in our case. So there's there's all that stuff. You got a lot of fixed costs, right? Mm. And if and especially when it comes to things like distribution networks, uh, trucking. You know, if you got if you're selling two thirds of a truck to somewhere, and you'll you'll make money, but if you can get a white label product, you know, or what we call a private label product, and fill up that last third, then you just it's just gravy on top, right? And so there's I I really doubt there's just about anything shy of maybe like a you know Anheuser Busch who's running a 24 hour brewing operation. Um, and so in theory, what that means is you've got extra capacity on something that you're already paying for and hopefully profiting on. But if you could add a little more, then you're just, you're adding a huge margin on top of what you would already make. Plus, so you look at this can, they probably haven't had to do a lot of market research. They haven't had to develop the, 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 the label, get people aware of it. It's already set up. It's right? since 1865, in fact. So you've you've probably never heard of August Shell Brewing Company, right? I know. I, I have now. <laughs> um, it's, you know, they're, they're not well known outside of Minnesota. But the fact that they do hams, they do grain belt. Do you guys have grain belt there? Uh, no. I haven't seen it. We are below okay. the grain belt, above it's, the Bible belt. <laughs> it's very similar, but um, it's more like Miller High Life, I think. It's okay. a little sweeter. But anyway, the the point is that you're taking something that you don't have to put a lot into other than the actual work of producing the product. Sometimes you don't even package it. Sometimes the 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 person you're doing it for wants it packaged a certain way and you don't have the equipment, they say, All right, just ship it over to so and so and then they'll package it. Sure. Something like that. Some so for, for our company, we do some private label coffees. The other company actually pays for all the the packaging material. So that's another cost removed. So for us, you know, we can, when you're, when we bought our equipment, you buy for five, 10 years in the future. Right. So you don't have capacity necessarily even right now to make a great profit on it. But if you can bring something else in and then not have to do a ton of the other stuff that goes along with running and marketing and, uh, and run and keeping a business going, it's just gravy on top. Now, it's not all good. There's pitfalls, right? Because right, like, like, because I think we all kind of associate poor quality with white label um, stuff, and I, I think that's not always true. Like, right, there's good white label beers. I think we've had a couple on the show, 
uh, that we that we liked a lot. But there's also you know snark lord that you get from big red liquors or or uh big red i don't know if big red liquors is a thing up where you guys are but we have big red liquors and they have like their house ipa it's in fact a bloomington thing that just Uh, recently came to indianapolis well yeah but it's gone kind of national so has it i think it's bigger uh we'll uh check the uh shots actually we don't don't do do shots for this one so sorry guys um I think Bigger Liquors is outside of Indiana now, but if they're not, they have uh, BRL IPA, and you can get it for four dollars and fifty cents a six pack. Yep. And it is not good, but <laughs> it's, it is a four dollar and fifty cent beer that tastes like hops, and so like hops like an IPA should. Like it's a bad IPA, sure. and honestly, if I had four dollars and fifty cents and that's all I had and I wanted a beer, I'd go get six of those. It's identifiable <laughs> so, as an IP. But let, let's get back to the quality issue. So, so I think quality sometimes uh, can suffer or is alleged to suffer in these type of white label relationships. And so from a supplier perspective, one, how much do you care? And, and two, how do you, if you do care, do you, do you have any say? It really depends on the relationship, right? So um, a, a real specific, so that there's, there's sort of, I think two kinds of white label relationships. There's companies who specifically do almost all or maybe exclusively private label or white label products. So Mm. the fifth largest brewery in the United States is in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and they have the La Crosse six pack, which is a huge, it's a six, six uh, grain silos painted to look like beer cans. Ah, that's fantastic. They do nothing but white label. Nothing. Okay. You know, it's, just and they do energy drinks and teas and other things like that so you know they don't have a tasting room they don't have a brand of their own so they're kind of their own thing and so for them you know any any customer of theirs they sort of treat like any business would treat their customer they want their customer to be happy and if the customer is happy with the you know big red ipa whatever for 450 a six pack brl man um but if their customer says, you know, we, we wanted something more like this and you're not giving it to us, then they're worried. They don't care what the end consumer thinks because the end consumer doesn't know who they are. So let's talk about more about like let, – let's kind of – and I know you're not in the uh, the, the craft uh, beer world. But I think what's, what's interesting in the craft beer world is, you know, let's say you got like a, a brewer. And I'm going to make up some numbers who has like say a 30-barrel brew house because he got in, you know, really big and was like, I, I got a good deal on this 30-barrel brew house. And he's like, okay, I can only, I can only turn 10 – uh, I, I can only really keep 10 of them busy, 10 of the barrels. That's how it mm-hmm. works. You can brew different things at the different levels of the barrels. That's false. Right. Um, but I, I'm going to do this white label thing until I'm growing. And, and a lot of white label relationships, like in one of the beer we had on the show from Trader Joe's, it, it gave the name of the brewery Unibrew, Unibrew on, the, on the bottle. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, mean, I think what's interesting is how much is, is Unibrew just trying to make Trader Joe's happy, and I think that's not really the case. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the the small guy who has thirty barrels. His name is on the bottle, like, well, and he's three feet tall because he's a small guy. There's 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 different issues, right? I mean, so maybe there's a labeling issue in terms of legality, right? So I I don't know what it is with beer or what right. it is in mm-hmm. Indiana, or since Unibrew is Canadian, I don't know. You know, maybe there's some sort of import or. You know, because it's a foreign company, who knows? Maybe right. Trader Joe's thinks that Unibrew has enough of a reputation. They want that name on there. Right, right. Um, usually it's the other way around. Usually the, at least in my experience, the company who's who's buying the product, putting their own label on it and selling it, usually wants the credit. 
and they want it to be sort of opaque who makes it for them because then then you invite comparisons right um yeah and right. one of the things that i mentioned to aaron in the enormously long text i sent longest text that, message i've ever received <laughs> challenge accepted if, it, when, when brian and i when brian and i met uh, in the year uh, 2000, that text message would have would have been split up because phones weren't that good. It might have been it might have been 32 texts. It might have been. <laughs> it might well have been. Um, so you know, if if Trader Joe, if Company X puts the name of the, the the brewery that's making the beer on the label, and someone says, "Oh, that's just really this brewery," they're not necessarily going to go back and shop there to get it. Right. 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 Um, you know, for example, give the the one you're talking about this IPA. It's the cheapest IPA, ident- as Jason said, identifiable as an IPA. <laughs> right. Fine, but if you were to find out where somewhere else you could get it, you wouldn't have to go back to Big Red. Right. 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 So part of it is capturing that sale, saying, "Oh, this is the, this is something I can only get at." So-and-so. Right. Even yeah, if and it's then, not the best quality. And then right? once I go there, I go be like, oh, I get a BRL, but then I'm going to buy I'm gonna buy one bomber because I'm here. And then after I get a little tipsy, I'm going to switch to this BRL IPA because it's good enough. And it's habit, right? I mean, how many people have consumed the same anything because if they just go to the same place, they see the same thing, they get the same thing. Getting that customer in the first time is always the hardest. Um, I mean, you have to work to keep them as well, but that initial... You know, in coffee, how do you get someone to try, uh, you know, higher end boutique coffee when they've been drinking, you know, eight o'clock for their whole lives? I mean, that's it. In a sense, it's it's a significant investment that you're saying, give me fifteen dollars and here's something you may or may not like. You know, it's it's why would they do it unless they had some incentive? Right. Absolutely. Well, I think. The uh, the and I think there's a good analogy that that might even kind of come. The more I've thought about this, in, in terms of what brewers will do to keep their doors open, because a lot of times when you listen to brewers, um, they have a, they have their flagship beer or two or th- or sometimes three, but it's usually two beers that are the beers that they that basically keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like we interviewed Crazian Brewing, and their flagship beer is Honey Red, and the head brewer doesn't even like that beer. He's yep. not. He, he's not passionate about it. It's not. He's passionate about it now because it keeps his brewery open. Um, but you know, I think that's a that's a thing where like you can forgive these breweries who are doing white label beer if they they and the quality may be good. It may be substandard, but they're playing to their customer. But if it allows them to produce the beer we drink every day, maybe we should not say that it's just shitty beers breweries that do that. So uh, yeah. Well. Oh, you go ahead, Jason. Well, I, I was just thinking, like uh, in the case where. You are not necessarily a huge producer of whatever it is you produce, like if you're a small coffee roastery or if you're a a smaller brewery, but you do have extra capacity and someone comes to you with um, a job where they're like, hey, can you produce this for us? Excuse me. Uh, Do you run the risk of then alienating your own brand and your own identity by making the other product? It depends. I think, um, so my experience has been, it, it depends on when you're talking about a, a smaller company. So the company I work for is not big. Right. But we're definitely not, I think we have something like 60 employees. So that's that's not a tiny coffee roastery. Right. Yeah. It's not, I mean, we're not anywhere near even a, a really a regional brand. So for someone like us, we're big enough that we have a lot of people who 
either would understand that, you know, we have to do it to keep the doors open or that um, aren't really that concerned. They're more concerned with the quality there. It would depend on the people. I mean, it's so hard to say because the, the thing is you have to keep the doors open to keep your core customer happy. Right. Yeah. And, but I mean, in this case, the, 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 the company that's serving your beer under a different label is a core customer. I mean, you just, you just, you had a B2B model and you got a B2C model. So, and I think that's where some tension can come in because who takes priority when both customers want your, you know, when both co- companies want time on the roaster, who gets it? Oh, it's, it's one of, the, I mean, first of all, I would say there's, there's never, I, I, I can't imagine a world in which there would be that much tension. Um, right. Well, and that means your that business is well run. Like if there's that tension, it's almost, it's really you over promising. Right. Exactly. Because I mean, the, the only, the only situation that would happen in is let's say there was a natural disaster and you were without power for a week or something. Right. And then you have to get back on, you know, pr- production, then you'd have to prioritize. But at that point, you know, everyone's sort of in that, that right. boat, right. right? So it's, yeah, their registers, their registers don't work for a week. So, right. <laughs> so it's gonna be fine. So, I mean, I, good, I but I get the idea. Yeah, like like if you are planning, if you're not planning to ha- exceed that capacity, then you're not really worried, right? And and usually the agreements are pretty um, pretty specific and pretty uh, wide ranging in terms of what's covered, what's well, you know, what services are provided. I mean, it's like it's like anything really. You know, you can sign up for package A, B, or C. You can tweak this. You can ask for that. So, for example, we we do a certain level of service, but not the full level of service for this customer because they don't want to pay the extra and they want to kind of fold that into their own existing operation. So they can save a little money. We can save a little money. They get the product we want. Will you guys um, will you guys roast the double pop if your customer is looking for a more mainstream approach to coffee? The double a uh, second crack? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Wait, are you talking about popcorn? I'm confused. Nope, nope, I, nope. It's I just have no a, idea what he's it's talking just, about. It's just a bad Starbucks reference. Like it, that's their big old deal is that they roast everything to the dub. They don't do it anymore because now they have these like blonde roasting oh. shit. Oh, I forgot. Aaron used yeah, to be well, in the cult you know of that, Starbucks. That's sort of like saying, um, you know, do you do you <laughs> brew to the point where you dry hop? It's like, well, sometimes. But <laughs> that, you you know, want to make it, something it, that it, identifies as an IPA. <laughs> Well, you call it you call it BRL. So, uh, I think uh, my bad Starbucks joke should lead us into something more fun. Uh, we're going to talk about we're we're going to go uh, we're going to play tap on tap with Brian. Uh, Brian, this is going to be a Minnesota beer. Um, it's going to be good stuff. Um, yeah, we uh, we got three untapped comments. By the uh, way, your Duluth city is quite lovely. Oh, you've been there. I have. Oh, it is quite lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very lovely town. They make good bags there. I hear. Well, they, I don't hear. I saw them. They play good and hockey <laughs> as well. Yeah. Do they? I didn't know they played they, hockey there. Their roads are, their interstates are awful. Also, they, they have the way a, their roads are set up. They have a trading company with really expensive jeans. Yeah. Also true. Uh, good jeans. Duluth good jeans. Trading Company is, it's that's the company that um, people who want to feel like they're blue collar buy blue collar clothes at. What? What? That's the aspirational blue. Co- Hold on, did we just uncover a, a, a demographic that is aspirational blue collar? No, it's hipsters. I have, That's... I have a friend who's a sixty-eight-year-old retired physician, and he buys his pants at Duluth Trading Company. And, 
that's all I need to tell you. They're, they're, well, I, and I was going to ask, I almost asked, is it aspirational in what direction? Are these people who are like are trying to ascend to being blue collar? I'm like, well, fuck no, they can't afford them. So it has to be people who have money and, <laughs> are, and are reaching down. There was a, fr- there was a friend of mine exactly. who lived out in San Francisco for a while, and he talked about one of the reasons he moved back to the Midwest was because every, uh, all the people he met in San Francisco in his age range, so like 20 to 30 at this at this point, they were either legitimately poor and dressed like they were poor, like they had to keep going to uh, thrift shops and Goodwills and what have you in order to like not be naked all the time. They were looking for a come up. Yeah. Or they were mind-blowingly rich and looked like they shopped at a Goodwill and looked like they shopped at So really stores. what we need to do is we need to open a thrift shop in California because it looks like everybody shops there. <laughs> you know what? I hear people uh, in, in the Valley have money. I... I yeah, let's open up a thrift shop. All right, let's open up a thrift shop. But right now, we're gonna we're gonna find out what Ken S said about this beer. Um, it doesn't say where he drank it, which I always like when they when they do say that. But it doesn't say that. Hi, Ken. He's drinking it. Ken, uh, he earned the Cheers to Independent U.S. Craft Breweries Level eighty badge. So Ken is uh, quite the beer drinker, and Alcoholic. he says coffee heavy, comma I like coffee heavy, comma hey. I like. Um, BenQ. That's one word, not the company BenQ. It's Ben. No, sorry, it's that's ben not one Q. word. I messed it up. The company BenQ is one word. Bank, whatever. It's BenQ. Um, and he's drinking this at Morningstar. I don't know if you know where Morningstar is. Like the people that yeah. make the vegetarian hamburgers. Morningstar Incorporated is what it says. So maybe yes. Like maybe that's, he's that's at- a coffee roastery. It's one of our. It's a, comp- a competitor of ours, actually. Oh, that's fine. You should. <laughs> oh. <that's- laughs> turn yeah so uh loads of chili on the nose palette has vegetal coffee and more chili interesting exclamation point exclamation point let's say uh, uh ben q uh ben q doesn't have any badges or anything to go with that he's basically he's kind of in the middle of he's things. smiling he is he's got, he is, he is smiling of him that's the not the picture of with the beer that's just his untapped picture that's Uh-oh. not a coffee beer that's you oh, can he looks see, like a happy guy you can see through yeah ben is okay and then the last person is storm n storm n that's um, such a badass name. Um, and he storm in. I'm going to storm in. I love it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So uh, it doesn't say where he is drinking uh, this bad storm's boy. A, by the way, what's that? I think Storm's a woman. Storm, oh, storm could be a woman. She is going to. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, Stormy is the only person I've known with a name sort of like that. It's and, true. So uh, this is my favorite uh, untapped quote that's been on tap untapped, or they said what. Uh, ever. Um, if I were Napoleon and drank a few of these, I'd probably think I could invade Russia too. <laughs> that is the comment from Storm N. <laughs> so, okay. um, all right. Well, so yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Hi, it, Storm. Thanks. So I feel like we're playing two truths and a lie, right? Because right. you never know who knows what they're talking about, yeah. right? Um. So I got. I gotta say. Let's see. So here's the clues I'm working with: coffee. Uh huh. Yeah. Chili. Yep. In Russia. So maybe it's a Russian imperial stout with coffee. Um. I mean, you're. I mean, I don't like to give. I. You know, I don't like to give the answers away, but I. Yeah, well, I do don't. like to acknowledge when people do good things. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's also vegetal. You miss vegetal. That was one of the clues. Well, yeah. but maybe that's a lie. That's- vegetal coffee. That's that's tough though, because all um, coffee is vegetal. Actually, it's all nut, well, It's not a bean. It's not a bean. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a nut, really. It's a right, damn. exactly. Um, 
can I try to guess the brewery? Sure, we can do the brewery first. I like this part. I like the way this uh, this game is played. Is it Town Hall? It is not Town Hall Brewery. It is not Town Hall Brewery. Um, <laughs> is it Hammerheart? It is not Hammerheart. It is I not Hammerheart. I kind of want to drink a beer that would make me feel like invading Russia. I mean, if you wanted to do that, you could. Uh, you you want you want to give up? You want to give it to you? Um, <laughs> it was it's just not war. Is it? Uh, it is Ward Peace. Ward no. Peace is the vegetal chili beer that would make you want to invade Russia. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've consumed a fair amount of War and Peace. Yeah, and I I can tell you that uh, I can see where you get a vegetal note. I I don't think it's prominent, but it, it could be there. Any uh, chili? There, no chili has ever come within a hundred <laughs> yards of any those beers except on the consumption end i was gonna say you could make you make your own chili and then have it with war and peace i don't know that chili and coffee stouts go together but, maybe they're uh, talking about like chili as in like siberia trying to channel some like tolstoy epic russian literature like oh it's cold chili it's not spelled like that but i'm gonna pretend like that's like now is. i'm gonna go ahead and part the kimono for our listeners so they can see behind my kimono. <laughs> yeah um and uh, we did actually mention this beer before we went on air. We did, yeah. And uh, after, I'll tell you what: after you drink a uh, delightful bomber of this, you will want to lay back in a hammock and vibrate. <laughs> so, um, hey, Storm, if you're out there, just realize there's another way. There is another so there way. Was, we have a customer who owned a shop, and uh, her name was Storm, and her daughter's name was Katrina. No joke. Oh, that's. That's, I mean, my, I mean, we don't want to go on like the, the, the one upsmanship train, but my favorite bad shitty name, I'm just going to do what I said I wasn't going to do is, so my, my, no, my mother-in-law is a, is a teacher and legitimately, your mother-in-law has a delightful name. Yeah. Annette. Yeah. But no, but one of the kids that she taught, (laughs) one of the kids that she taught, his name was legitimately, and this is all one word with no spaces. Dad didn't come to the hospital and his name is Reggie No Show. Worst oh, name ever. Wait, hold on. What was the actual name? Reggie No Show. Oh, I thought that like Dad didn't come to the hospital and his name was Reggie No Show. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The name was just Reggie No Show. That's that's the wrong kind of vindictive. Yeah, it's like uh, Aaron. If I know one thing about you, you don't. You said you don't like to get on the one-upsmanship. I love train. it. It's my Are favorite you, damn I, thing. I, I, get everywhere. By the one upsmanship train. I, you know, and I, the one thing about it is, though, I, I'm happy to be one upped after that. Like, I, I don't mind, but sometimes you hear a story and I'm like, oh, I have a story just like that. I don't tell it too. <laughs> Hurry up, finish your story. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, so I can tell it. Um, Brian, thank you so much for coming on this barge. Thank you for being a loyal listener and for letting us know what you think of the show. Because uh, I believe that uh, this today's barge is one of my favorite barges. I think the content is uh, solid, and we really uh, Thanks, work some Dick. stuff out. All those barges you did with just me. Oh, those are, <laughs> those are those. I'm just I'm just pandering to the. Sorry, Brian. I'm just pandering to the. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. Yeah, I know it's fine. It's fine. Um, so thank you, thank you very much, Brian. Thank you to our listeners. If you like Brian, have interesting things to say about the things we talk about on the show, please hit us up at podcast at platosgravity.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, even though we might quit doing Red the Facebook two. thing soon, we are at uh, Plato's Gravity on all of those platforms. 
We look forward to interacting with you and to bringing you some new fun beer content in the future. We want to read your fan fiction. We will see you all next time. Uh, in the meantime, uh, get yourself a nice cup of local coffee, brew some beer, and uh, have some fun. Yeah.